Warning, this episode contains foul language, disturbing descriptions, and discussions about religion. Are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and sometimes even religion. Today is the second half of our discussion on prophecies. Last week, Lauren taught us all about Nostradamus, his life, his struggles, his career, and some of his most famous predictions. Lauren walked out of her research and into our recording an even bigger fan of Nostradamus and his prophecies, and I had the opposite experience but we'll get to that very soon i wanted to give a shout out uh, here at the top of the episode to our new patrons this week morgan and joey taylor i love you and i miss you guys and miss Lindsay ann thank you guys so much for donating to our show you are for real saving the podcast life lauren and i decided early on that we didn't want to have ads unless they were absolutely necessary like, if this becomes our sole source of income, you girls might have to get some ads. But for now, we rely solely on our Patreon, which is a site where you can donate $1, $5, or $10 to our show either once, or you can do it monthly as well. And basically, you get some bonus material back. So $5 patrons get monthly newsletters that we both create that are a combination of upcoming horror movie and TV news, random spooky editorials real-life scary stories that don't make it into our LGS episodes, and true crime news or relevant stories. Like, I think this month Lauren is throwing in a Father's Day true crime story, which is like, what is that? I can't wait to read it. And $10 a month patrons get the newsletters and a bonus episode every month. And the bonus episodes are usually myself and Amy Hanselman from our Diet Love Pass episode. And we just each pick one weird thing to talk about for an hour. Sometimes Joe hops on a bonus episode. And now that Lauren has a mic, sometimes she'll be recording them too. So if you're interested at all in donating to our show and getting some extra stuff, head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. Thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to our show and send us love on social media. Oh, also, you guys, our Facebook group is so wonderful. You guys are all sharing funny memes and creepy news stories, and I am living for it. Thank you so much. I'm having so much fun on there with you. And if you guys want to join that group, head over to our Facebook page, which I believe is facebook.com slash keepitweirdcast, and you can find a link to the group there. Okay, you're going to have to listen to my voice enough this episode, so let's get to it. Enjoy the show. So I set out today to research biblical prophecies. Love um, it. I know we already touched on one that's not really a not really a good example, but I <laughs> I was actually really excited to cover this topic. I was hoping to find something really cool that would make me like question my non-faith. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I did not find that. 
But I did find a ton of fascinating information that I didn't even know. And this show is all about learning new things and and biblical prophecies are very popular. So I'm going to cover it anyway. Love it. Always learning. Always growing. And I did want to say, because I've, you know, I've never been super kind to um, the Christian faith. I was raised Lutheran and haven't been to church i think since besides like weddings and funerals since uh, 2005 maybe so like okay i you know we we all know we all know where i stand with this but i was gonna ask like don't automatically turn this off because you think i'm just gonna rip the bible a new one because that's not what i want to do today you're bringing the knowledge. Yeah, nothing that i say in this episode is gonna like denounce god or faith but i'm probably gonna talk about things that you didn't know about that may go against some of the stuff that you learned in Bible school, which a a lot of people see as an attack on their faith. But really, it's just like, just do a learn. Just learn. Uh, Learn a little bit. Learn something. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Open your mind. Literally, you could rip the Bible in half and say this is all garbage. And that's not going to say that, like, Joe and I talk about this all the time, like how much respect we have for faith in general. Yeah. And how, like, as holy as you think that book is, like, it is a book and it does have a history. And a lot of people don't know the history of the Bible. They just know, like, what's inside of it. So, Yes. And they take everything that's in it very seriously, even though they don't have, like, the full context for any of it. But they're like, well, it says this Mm -hmm. and I will live my life by this. And everyone around me is incorrect. (laughs) And that's where you get into dangerous waters and you need to be able to have... A healthy conversation, a healthy look at yourself. Yeah, and not only that, but just like uh, taking any um, historical facts about this book that may um, invalidate some parts of it, not taking that as a personal attack on you or your faith, because it's it's yes, not. Yes, of course. Um, if anything, it could actually maybe strengthen your faith. But anyways. Yeah. Before we begin with the prophecies, we actually kind of need to discuss the actual history of the book, not from start to finish, because that would be an entire podcast on its own. But Uh for anyone who doesn't know, the Bible that you read today isn't really even the Bible. If you try to look up how many times the Bible has been revised, you will find that it's been revised so many times that there's no way to even know anymore. It's endless. We have lost track so much. The Bible as we know it is a collection of books that were written over centuries. The Old Testament spans about 500 years and the New Testament spans about 200 years. The Bible as we know it was compiled by men, kings and religious leaders who picked and chose among several hundred manuscripts available to them and selected the ones that they thought should be included in the final work into the Bible. And even Mm -hmm. to this day, major religions struggle over how many of of the books should be included so like the jews have 24 books protestants have 39 catholics have 46 eastern orthodox have 51 so who's right right you can't just say my religion is the right you can say that people do say that but i'm saying (laughs) everyone will logically you cannot say that it's the same book it's just certain people have thrown things out certain people have have you know kept things in so It's also important to note that we do not have the original text. We don't even have copies of the original text, nor do we have any references to the original text. 
what Mm -hmm. we have are copies of copies of copies of copies. And sometimes the people that were doing the copying didn't even speak the language that they were copying. Oh, wow. So a lot can be lost in translation there. So much can be lost. And has. There have also been obvious changes to the Bible. There are stories and fables that weren't even added until after the 12th century. So who the hell threw those in there? And can we truly trust that (laughs) they are the word of God? And some of them are really beautiful. Like one of them, uh, one of the parables that was added after the 12th century was the, a famous one was uh, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. The story of Jesus and the, um, was she an unwed woman or she, uh, was she a prostitute? I think. I think she was a prostitute. I believe and, so too. Yeah, pe- everyone like kicked her to the ground. They wanted and was to about stone to her. And, yeah. yeah, and, and he Jesus said, "Okay, them. well, whoever has never sinned before, you can throw the first stone." And no one could, because they yeah. realized that we are all they sinners. All that's a beautiful parable, and that's a beautiful message. It was not in it. the Bible. What it was added? So someone random just added century. that, and we have no idea who. Yeah. So beautiful story, but like shocked. It's not technically the word of god if you're going off of like well this is god wrote this because he wrote it through these people it's like well right he didn't write that one yeah it's okay (laughs) to say that it's a beautiful parable and i'm so glad that so many people use it in their lives i mean i even use that in my daily life where it's like who are you to judge somebody when you know you have all these mistakes and sins in your own life so the fact that yeah, the fact, the fact that people who are not even Christians or not regular readers of the Bible also use that way of life. It's like, I am so glad that that parable is a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going to sit there and say every part of that is the word of God, that's where it gets a little muddled. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, historically, that it's ain't not. true. Uh, or for example, the oldest version of the Bible known to man, like the oldest one that we have seen like it doesn't even exist anymore but like the oldest one that we have seen has the gospel according to mark ending with mark 16 verse 8 now if you get a bible mark 16 uh mark chapter 16 has verses 9 through 20 mark 16 9 through 19 are literally the verses in which jesus appears to people after he is risen so really that chapter originally ends with the women going to jesus's tomb to find the body missing and a man in a white robe saying like don't be alarmed he's risen he's not here but like according to the og bible he never appeared to anyone after that so how do we know someone didn't just like steal his body And those verses were added at a later date to make it agree with Matthew. So that's like just cheating. That's just cheating. Yeah, (laughs) that's completely cheating the system. A big change, this is huge, that has caused a lot of debate throughout the years has been Isaiah 714, which says that the Messiah will be born of an Alma, which is a Hebrew word that means young woman. It actually means a young woman of childbearing years. However, when the text was translated to Greek, the translator used the word parthenos, which means virgin. But not all Mm. young women are virgins. So the Virgin Mary isn't even in the original Bible. What? There is no Virgin Mary. That is banana town. It was added 
Saint Jerome actually is the one that that translated it from Hebrew. So Hebrew before it was translated into Greek, it said young woman. That translation is what changed it into the Virgin Mary. The Virgin. You know, I've had I've discussed this with people online and the argument is, you know, well you could assume she was a virgin if she was a young woman, but we all know that isn't true, especially in those times when women married at 13. And also there's a Hebrew word for virgin. It's Bethula. So, if that was what you were intending to write here, why wouldn't you use that word? Bethula shows up in other places of the Bible intending uh, virginity you know it means virginity it means virgin so like why wouldn't they use the word that means virgin why would they use the word that means young woman oh wow so that's that is crazy because she is such a big part Mm -hmm. of the bible as we know it today and she is probably a huge reason why virginity itself is such a huge part of a young woman especially his life like that means you are pure and you are you know what i mean yeah when really like it's not even uh part of the bible (laughs) right yeah you're all being lied to this is a huge one this is a one of my favorite ones the word homosexual never appeared in the bible until 1946 Whoa. It was less than 75 years ago. It was during the RSV translation. RSV stands for Revised Standard Version. That those words were added to the Bible. And the man shall not lie with mankind as womankind stuff. It looks like the earliest of that was about 1880 something. For sure 1901 in the ASV American Standard Version. The German translation and even the Greek translation before that had completely different messages. Leviticus 18.12, man shall not lie with man for it is an abomination. That translation is incorrect. The German version says, man shall not lie with young boys as he does with a woman for it is an abomination. Mm-hmm. Leviticus okay. 2013 same thing young boys not man so even in Corinthians the original Greek word which is unpronounceable but I'm going to try <laughs> the original Greek word is arsinokoitai which means boy molesters so the oh, actual my. line reads boy molesters will not inherit the kingdom of God This is the. So we're talking about pedophiles. Pedophiles. This is the exact same with the Swedish text from 1674, the Norwegian text from 1830. We changed child molesters to homosexuals in America in the 20th century. That is the craziest news I have ever heard. And I did not think that would be revealed to me on tonight's episode. That is. bonkers i cannot believe that we changed it that drastically from like of course child molesters are the freaking worst Mm -hmm. like why did we change it to man and well you know now it's used by conservative christians to deny the lgbtq community human rights so how fucked up is that nothing to go on and their whole thing is that god said god didn't say god said don't molest children which right the catholic church is screwed Yeah, exactly. And gay people are fine. (laughs) Yes. Gay people are absolutely fine. That is 
Big news. Yeah. There's also, I'm not going to go into it, but like the whole sodomites thing, people think that that has to do with sodomy as in gay sex, basically. But that's not what they were referring to when they said sodomites. Actually, fuck it. (laughs) Ashley here. Uh, While I was editing this episode, I was like, why wouldn't you go into this? This is important. So I'm adding some more information here and I'm going to put some links in our Facebook group if you want to study more or if you want to share them with you know, people in your lives that maybe need to change their point of view. So first off, because I've seen this argument on Twitter lately, if you talk to a Christian or a priest, they will tell you that the word arsenikoitai doesn't translate into young boys, and it's still saying man shall not lie with other men. If you talk to a historian or a language expert, they will tell you that when compared to other writings of the same period and different passages in the Bible that use the same word, that it more than likely refers to young boys. And actually, if you really break it down, because this word is a combination of several Greek words, it could be translated as a boy molester, child molester, um, exploitative sex with a male that involves some sort of trade or money, or non-equal relationships, like one partner has power while the other is being used and degraded. Even the word sodomite, and this is why I was like, "Ah, why didn't you add this in? Even the word sodomite, we have historical documentation that proves that even in 1735, the word sodomite meant those that participated in non-procreative sex. And at some point in the 1900s, it's believed to be 1960, but I can't find like the actual record that says it's 1960, but it's believed to be in the 60s. We decided that that meant gay men. But guess what? It's anybody not participating in procreative sex, which means if you've used a condom, used spermicide, used birth control, pulled out, have an IUD, you are also a sodomite and you can't throw the first stone. So sit down. Yeah. So. Wow. Now we'll get into. So that's just sort of setting it up like (laughs) the Bible is. The Bible's fine. The 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 power that we give the Bible is is pretty fucked up. Yes, that's a good way to put it. The fact that we call all of it God's yeah. word, God's exact word mm-hmm. that he passed down when that is so false. More false than I knew. So according to scholars, yeah, pull that out of your pocket the next time someone's like, I'm Christian, so that's just what I believe. It's like, well, you yeah. you were literally taught incorrectly. Yeah. So, according to scholars, there are over 2,500 prophecies in the Bible, and 2,000 of them have already come true, according to um, uh, people of the Christian faith, which... 2,000? I don't know. I obviously couldn't find reference to 2,500 of them, and I 100% could not find proof that 2,000 of them came true, but... Yeah. The problem that I found with biblical prophecies is that all of the specific prophecies that people point to having come true took place within the text of the Bible. Huh. So one of the biggest arguments that Christian scholars give against the validity of prophecies is that the Gospels are firsthand narratives, which that's not true either, but let's say it is yeah. right now. But the Gospels were written 20 to 50 years after Jesus' death. Right. And they corroborate each other. But 
they corroborate each other because they were written long after the fact. And the mm-hmm. Gospels, and for anyone who doesn't know, the Gospels are the four narratives covering the life and death of Jesus Christ. They were written long after the events took place. So who's to say that the prophecies weren't thrown in after the events took place just to say, see, it really happened. Yeah. And this is known as prophecy ex eventu or written after the event. Okay. And there are so many people who will say, look, the Bible came true. And they will point to things like Matthew 2, 1, which said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The book was written after Jesus was born and died. Right. So you so, can't yes. say. <laughs> yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> Just to break it down for you, if Jesus was born in the year zero, that means he uh-huh. died in 33 AD. The book uh-huh. of Matthew wasn't written until 85 AD. So that would be like me 50 years from now saying that in 2020, the world's going to be devastated by a pandemic and people being like, how could she have known? It's a prophecy. <laughs> how did she know it? Like, She's a seer. No. <laughs> it's fi- it was 50 yeah. years ago and we all lived it. Right. Yeah, that seems quite backwards. I don't uh, understand how that works. Yeah, I mean, hundreds, probably, maybe maybe not quite a thousand, but at least hundreds of prophecies in the Bible are all about Jesus and and the life of Jesus and how Jesus predicted that um, one of his own prophets would turn against him, how he predicted Mm -hmm. that he would die and he would rise again and how he made all these predictions. But the problem was, is that those books about his life, those those gospels about his life were written 50 years after he died. Yeah. So. Right. uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't know how to make sense of it. So that's, yeah, this isn't even to mention, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of people say that the um, gospels are firsthand accounts, but they probably aren't most, Religious scholars believe the Gospels were actually ghostwritten. Mark was a second-hand narrative, and Luke and Matthew are actually third-hand narratives based on Mark. And Mark's narrative is based heavily on an extra passage that was added later about Jesus' resurrection because Christians didn't like the original ending. So we have two narratives that embellish the first already embellished narrative. So you can see where oh, there are problems. There's just a whole lot of muddling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some believing issues the prophecies that take place within the Bible. Yeah. So the oldest version of the Bible in the world is the Sinai Bible, which is short for Codex Sinaiticus, and it's written in Greek, and it dates back to the middle of the 4th century. We do have passages from the Bible and and sections of the Bible that are older than this, but this is the the oldest version that we have that's all together, that's got the Old Testament and the full New Testament together. There are... Over 15,000 differences between this Bible that we have and the standard King James Version that we use today. 15,000 15, differences? differences. And that includes two extra books in the New Testament and seven extra books from the Old Testament that Christianity phased out over time. So, Listen, that's way too different. <laughs> again, how can you say that the words in the Bible that you buy at Barnes & Noble are without a doubt the word of God? You cannot. Yeah. You can't say that. You just can't. All of this is to say uh, that we have to be very careful taking any prophecies from the Bible and claiming that they are valid and then therefore bringing biblical prophecies into modern day. You have to be very careful. Yeah. 
I actually combed Absolutely. the internet for Bible prophecies that have come true um, outside of the Bible. And there are a ton that people have said, well, I think this could have been referred, like the 9-11 one that we talked about in the last episode, like right. this could yeah. be referring to that. And it's like, well, sure. Yeah. You could twist it around enough to- Yeah. You can make anything look that way. Refer to that. But um, I did find one that was interesting and it's so tiny, but I just, it, it stood out to me. So I wanted to share it. It was in Revelation uh, 11.9. The prediction was made that many nations would view the same event within a few days' time. And the actual verse is, For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, nation, and language will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. And this is referring to um, two servants of God who he gave the power to preach on his behalf for 1260 days, which is very specific. Um, Mm -hmm. And he even gives them the power to perform miracles and God protects them from being murdered. But naturally, when the 1260 days are up, God allows them to be horribly murdered. And then the rest of Earth just leaves their body in the street for three and a half days. And apparently we all rejoice when they're dead because we're trash. The point is, (laughs) (laughs) we're all garbage people. It's fine. When that prediction was made, communications and transportation across the Roman Empire took months. And today... Billions of people from around the world simultaneously view the same event via TV and the Internet. So it was interesting at that time they were able to foretell that the entire world would be able to view a single event simultaneously. Right. Because that's not something that they could have possibly. I mean, I guess they could have gathered that that might happen one day, but I don't think so. Yeah, that does seem pretty wild. Because if if people in, you know. Downton Abbey could have trouble fathoming electricity in their homes. <laughs> or didn't they get a record player for the first time? Yeah, they got. Uh, I remember. I, I remember the episode where they got a phone. Yeah, when, uh, I do. Maybe Ms. it was Mr. the phone Carson, that I'm thinking of. Mister Carson had the phone Carson. in his office, and everyone kept trying to yes. sneak in and look at it. That's such a good show. And he was so weirded out by getting the phone calls, <laughs> and was like, "I don't know what to do with this." And it was so adorable. Gosh, I love that show. Me too. So. <laughs> So anyway, I guess since my journey didn't give me exactly what I wanted, I thought that I would go over some of Revelation's end time prophecies and why they've got people worried today. Okay. Because these are all prophecies that obviously have not come to pass. Uh Uh-huh. So everyone knows that Revelations is fucking crazy. Like, holy cow, this is nuts. Get me out of here. I wish I was raptured crazy. Like... That's I cannot believe it that it's a part of the Bible sometimes because <laughs> it just scares me half to death and I don't feel comfortable. But a lot of people don't know that the signals of the end time scriptures, uh, a lot of them, a good portion of them are actually found in the Gospels. Oh, wow. And not in Revelations. A lot of them are repeated in Revelations, but uh, they're sure. initially talked about in the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That is See, correct. I, I remember say those some names, stuff. like... Every day of my life, it felt like growing up, going to a Catholic school, you always had to know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over. So here's the deal. If you actually study the Bible, the rapture is the first event that kicks off the beginning of the end. And there are no signs that precede it. Like this happens even before Jesus returns. So it'll just be, if the rapture happens, it's just going to be this sudden, everybody's gone, their clothes are left behind, all of us sinners are stuck on earth, and we're not going to know 
what just went down. No one really ever, I don't believe the Bible references clothes being left behind. That's just what we've made it. (laughs) That's just, I think that that's what the Left Behind series gave us. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's I just supposedly a bunch of naked angels going <laughs> in the sky. Supposedly, it's instantaneous. It's going to happen okay. before our eyes. It's going to happen in a second. And like during the rapture, apparently, like Jesus Christ is supposed to appear in the skies, and but he hasn't yet descended to earth. He hasn't been born again um, to be a part of the humankind. Okay. And then it said that he's going to take all the Christians with him to heaven. But the Bible doesn't specify when this is going to occur or how much time will pass between the rapture and the seven years of tribulation. Like literally the rapture could happen and then Jesus doesn't come about for like a hundred years. The Bible is not clear. You just don't know. But everyone can rest easy if they think that this is the biblical end times because if it is, then God skipped a major step. (laughs) Like he skipped a big one. A big time step. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe we're all too fucked up and he decided no one gets raptured. Maybe he decided that in 1946 when we rewrote the Bible to persecute millions of innocent people. Honestly, the second that they started calling homosexuals out in the Bible, God was probably like, that's it. That's it. None Guess of y'all what? are getting None raptured. Of you get to go. You're all on timeout yeah. and we're just going to wait a few years and then I'm going to come back and send the plague and the murder hornets and the aliens and you'll see what's up. I will turn this car around. That's what he said. I will turn this car around, <laughs> kids. Yeah, we have misbehaved. Regardless, though, of the Bible specifically saying that the rapture would come before any of this stuff, there are still thousands of Christians who believe that this is the end. And they do have some pretty compelling evidence. But All right. again, it's if they cross their eyes and look at it in the dark. Yes, like you, exactly. You do have to kind of, you have to make a lot of. You have to of, work hard yes. to believe. It's sort of like I've been I've been talking to people online and I shouldn't, but I have about, you know, things that are happening and the the amount of trouble people will go through to justify things like the police killing unarmed people. Uh yes. a lot of unarmed people. I mean, since George Floyd was murdered how many, 20 days ago? Is it 20 days ago? Something like that. Um, police in the United States, there have been a hundred murders by police. Mm-hmm. Yep, it just keeps going. Now that is is um, extraordinary. That that is not that's not. I don't think people understand that that's not something that happens in other countries. No, it doesn't happen anywhere but here, and we're just not doing anything about it. Yeah, it, this does not even countries that have our size population. That is not something that happens there. Um, I because pe- other people don't feel the need to pull their gun for a drunk and disorderly person, right? Like, and the, that is part of it. Normal. You know, part of it. We can't place every inch of the blame on police because the thing is, is because of our gun laws in this country, which other countries don't have. And you can say, well, they'll just yeah. get them illegally. It's like, well, then let's do what the other countries do because they don't have this yeah. problem. So obviously. It is a problem specific to our country, and we need to figure it out. But I understand why why cops are so quick to pull their guns, because every single traffic stop, they don't know what kind of weapon that person has. Right. Now, that doesn't explain why it's disproportionately aimed at African-American people. 
100%. Except to say that they're more afraid of black people mm-hmm. or that they are racist. You know what I mean? But anyways. Yeah. The point is There's a fear. the amount of work that people are trying to do, like the amount of like mental gymnastics they are doing to justify the killings of random people, of innocent people, doesn't matter what color they are, the killings of these people is is astounding. It's so much easier to mm-hmm. just admit that it's it's wrong and, and it's something that needs fixing. Right. As opposed to just twisting it and turning it and like adding it things It sounds in. so exhausting. It sounds exhausting. It's like, Jesus Christ, like I'm exhausted because like my soul hurts, but like you've got to be yeah. exhausted. <laughs> like, you've got to be tired from leaps. twisting these words and making up, yeah, taking these huge leaps and making up this narrative yeah. that doesn't really exist. Like you had to work hard on this honey i know and that's the same with like this stuff where it's like yeah if you really twist it and you put things out of order and you look at them upside down sure but if you just sure yeah we'll go with it yeah it's just a lot of work for it doesn't seem like uh a good enough prize at the end that no, it kind of seems like maze. a waste of time like are you really getting what you wanted out of this so oh gosh The first sign of the Lord's return. Again, this is after the rapture, which has not happened. Matthew book 24 says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, blah, 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 blah. Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in many places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. So this (coughs) sounds about right (laughs) for like what's going on today. I hear that. Um, yeah. <laughs> war has been pretty consistent for the last two decades. Like we had the mm-hmm. overthrow of the Taliban, the India-Pakistan conflict, the United States invasion of Iraq, the seemingly endless escalating war between Israel and Palestine. And of course, mm-hmm. what's happening in our own country right now, it's not a full on war. But if you told me that this could result in a civil war, I'm, I wouldn't be floored. I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, I would not be shocked. I could absolutely see it happening that way, which is yeah it's it's scary but it could happen yeah so wars and rumors of wars i get it and then everything else mm-hmm. like california is on fire every year yeah australia completely burned last year indonesia had a big flood in january of this year newfoundland was hit by a once in a century snowstorm this year earthquakes yeah, that was bonkers. that was weird um earthquakes are out of control we've got them in the united states turkey cuba asia when it comes to famines, you know, world hunger is kind of an abomination. I, I actually mm-hmm. looked it up. Across the world, there are 805 million people who are food insecure. And that means they Ugh. range from they don't always know if they're going to get to eat today to literal starvation. Can you believe it's that many people? No, I can't. That's I... absurd. And that's why that's no one should be a billionaire and billionaires should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> because Agreed. There, that is that is insane, and of course, pestilence. How can you just collect your billions when people are yeah. starving? That makes no sense. Uh, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, so like, with all of that being said, I get it. Yes, that makes sense. Here's where things start to get out of sync. The second sign of the Lord's return has to do with astronomy. Hello, back to astronomy. Yay! Revelation six twelve says, "And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal." And there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood. So, 
people are pointing to astronomical events for this that one happened long before the wars and pestilence and stuff, which is supposed to be number one. Uh-huh. And two are completely normal astrological events that have occurred several hundred times since the Bible was written. Uh-huh. <laughs> For example, doomsdayers are pointing to the blood moons of 2014, 2015, and 2018. Uh, granted, there was that super blood wolf moon back in January of 2019, which honestly was yeah. not as exciting as I anticipated. I was not impressed. I expected more. <laughs> <laughs> the sun turning black, obviously, they turn to solar eclipses, which again happen every 18 months or so. So, like, okay. It seems yeah. to me that we should wait to get worried until an earthquake occurs at the same time as a solar eclipse and a blood moon. But until then, these are just natural occurrences. Right. Just happen. The third sign of the Lord's return is written about in Matthew twenty four twelve, and it says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity means immoral or grossly unfair behavior, which I'm actually going to give some Christian doomsdayers credit because I assumed that they would immediately point to non-believers, uh, people who have sex before marriage, women who get abortions, gay men, trans persons, etc. Yeah. Et in this immoral behavior. And of course they do. Uh-huh. But they also point to the church itself. Oh, good for them. Yeah, basically saying that preaching has become tired and cliche, that pastors are forming cliques and creating factions in the churches, that mega churches are fucking evil, which they are. Oh my gosh, amen to all of this. I know, I thought so too. I am like so happy to hear them say it because these are all of my thoughts lately. <laughs> and, you know, like we said earlier, not to mention the largely documented Catholic church and their decades of child sexual abuse and the subsequent cover-ups by the church itself, this leaves believers right. feeling less confident in their beliefs and it makes them question their faith in the church. Mm-hmm. So, like, good for them for acknowledging that... For calling it out. Part of the blame is to be on the church. But again, this isn't anything new. Yeah. So this isn't, like, a true. new thing that just popped up. Right. The fourth sign of God's return is the appearance of false Christs. Matthew 24, 4 through 5. And Jesus said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. I mean, mm. cults, David Koresh, Lori Vallow, Donald Trump. I was going to say, look at any yeah. cult leader and look at our freaking president yeah. basically saying, I am the Messiah. <laughs> I'm here to save you. Worship me. Yeah. Good night. And the thing like, is, it's disgusting. like... You know, Donald Trump hasn't said that, but his, his like he implies he well yeah, but his um his religious advisors and and their weird weird church have said that, and he has uh-huh. not he has not denied that he has not said yeah, guys guys I'm not I'm not the Messiah. Yeah, so, he yeah. just smiles and nods off to the side and he lets it be said. But yeah, that religious advisor he has, it's that, I that think it's absurd. his advisor. It's that woman. Yeah. Is, yeah, I'm thinking of that crazy woman. Like her interviews are scary. Like her eyes get big and bug eyed and she's sitting there saying like, he is, he's the next savior for us all. God has ordained him. He has given him the gift. I'm like, I am going, I'm sick to my stomach. I can't watch this woman anymore. So I get it. I get why they're um, worried about the uh, 
The false Christ. Yeah, I see it. The, <laughs> I see it. I see it with my own eyes every day. The fifth sign of the Lord's return, the restoration of Israel. So this one. <sighs> okay. This one's a leap in general. So Matthew 24, 32 says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near, even at the doors. Many believe that the fig tree's tender branches and leaves refer to the restoration of Israel and that the summer obviously must mean the apocalypse. Huh. It doesn't make sense to me either. <laughs> Trying to follow. Israel was restored in May of 1948, which would come before signs one through four and also before the rapture. So sorry, guys, this one is also out of the picture. Gotta cross it off the list. I also believe that we should take a closer look at the passage because I actually had to research it myself because I was like, why, do, why, why is that automatically the restoration of Israel? Because this yeah. is one I hear a lot like, oh, if we, if we, you know allow Israel to, you know, uh, restore itself, come into power, blah, 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 blah. Like that will be a signifier for the end of the world. So here's why. Yeah. And it's like, okay. The reason they believe Israel is the fig tree in this parable is because of another passage in Kings, Kings 425. It said that during Solomon's reign, Judah and Israel lived in safety each man under his own vine and fig tree. But so they're saying that Israel is the vine and fig tree, but that the vine and fig tree was referring to national wealth and prosperity. So really, the fig tree in Matthew could be referring to any nation or group of people growing too wealthy for its own good, especially when that wealth is hoarded and not used to help their brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? Mm. Am I taking yeah. crazy pills? Doesn't that sound more <laughs> likely? To be yes, a sign of the apocalypse than just like Israel getting the shit together? Right. I don't the know. Israel restoration. Yes, you're 100% correct. That sounds much more I likely. I just feel like a crazy person sometimes. No, you're not. You're saying the truth, lady. <laughs> Finally, the sixth sign of the Lord's return, the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. So basically, they're pointing to the fact that Christians have spread all over the world and that many democratic countries have adopted Christianity as their state religion. But again, uh -huh. that shit happened a long time ago. So I don't know yes. how that's a sign all of a sudden. Right. Why is this being brought now? Yeah. It happened forever ago. Uh, unfortunately, the, as we heard even in your story, the history of the spreading of Christianity has been a very violent one. Um, yes. And in some cases, it still is. There are a ton of Christian fanatic groups in this country, the KKK, the Westboro Baptist Church. Ugh. It's actually kind of crazy to think about, though, because Christians want to spread their beliefs to every last man, woman and child on the planet, knowing full well that when that happens, it's a sign of the apocalypse. Right. They're bringing their own doom. Yeah, it's like a weird theistic masochism. For sure. <laughs> we have to spread the truth and then we'll all go down we'll together. All go down. <laughs> There's also the seven seals, which again are the seals opening to mark the second coming of Christ. And that takes place at an undetermined time after the rapture. And in order these go, the Antichrist will come to power. Then he will unleash World War III. Then comes the famine and the plague. Then a fourth of the population will die a horrible death. 
Then steadfast Christians will be martyred for their faith and not bowing to the Antichrist and receiving the mark of the beast. And then comes the cosmic disturbances, which can either be nuclear war, global devastation, um, and the, the whole blotting out the sun and the red moon is supposedly because of like a huge earthquake and the volcanic debris does that. And then okay. finally, the seventh seal uh, is uh, three and a half years of tribulation where apparently the wicked is going to be horribly punished here on earth before like oh, we're gosh. done. So. Okay. They get one last <laughs> yeah, big one punishment. One last little bit. Like who's sticking around? <laughs> yeah. Who's like not just going to kill themselves? I mean, I guess maybe right. people who are hoping that they still, you know, they need to. They still have a fighting chance. Yeah. Of getting, I don't know. I feel no, like by then I'd be myself. like, I'm be exhausted. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so obviously not this. getting in. Yeah, nobody is letting me into heaven. I'm just going to end it myself. My like, chances. how long can you put up with that? I feel like Satan got a bad rap, so maybe <laughs> things aren't as bad down there as they say. <laughs> maybe I he's my kind of guy. You know, we might find out Satan <laughs> is our speed. Also, the Mark of the Beast thing, a lot of people, um, I, I didn't research this, but I remember saying, so a lot of people are thinking that the Mark of the Beast is, um, so you know how like there have been talks of in our not so distant future having like a microchip inserted into uh -huh. our, our hands? Yeah, I think we've even talked about it on here. Yeah, which will, you know, it can scan our medical records. It can, you know, we can pay for things for it. There's all kinds of things that they're talking about that this can do. And, of course, some people are saying, well, that's the, that, that must be the mark of the beast. So anyone who says, like, absolutely not, I won't do that. And whoever's offering this must be the Antichrist. Okay. Which is also why so many of these people are so anti-Bill Gates. Yeah, like technology's getting too advanced. Yeah. Get him out of here. It's a real stretch all around. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all in all, biblical scholars are saying this is absolutely not the end times, but that with all of this happening in the world, they do believe it's a sign from God that we need to shape up. I completely agree with that. I think this is absolutely our slap on the wrist. Like, hey, this is God saying, get like, it I'm together. not ending. Yeah. I'm not ending the world now, but you guys need to change something. Like, you need to stay in your homes for a little bit and think about what you've done. Yeah. Go on a little lockdown. Let the environment heal a little bit. Let the world heal. Start being kinder to each other. I'm going to wake you the F up about police brutality happening in your country and help you shape up in that way. Just speaking to America there, since everybody yeah. else seems to have it together. But yeah, we're learning valuable lessons in this crazy, crazy time and hopefully learning to appreciate our lives more and just live in a better way and be a little cleaner. <laughs> well, I mean, and also like the the big message of the Bible isn't even necessarily about God. It's about like how we treat each other. Yes. Like that was Jesus's That's whole thing. Jesus literally was like, hey, be nice to each other. Exactly. That, was that is the end all be all. It's like <laughs> and love one another. And we're not doing that. We're not being nice to we're each not. other at all. We're being so hateful. Even and it's really even sad. like the people who are like you know on the same side. Like if you're going to split the country into sides, you know, if you're going to split mm -hmm. the country into like Democrat and Republican or North and South or whatever you want to do. Like we're not even being nice to people on our side. 
No, there's still horrible debates and there's still spewing of horrific things. Mean. Like we just we just we mean. do not know how to be nice to each other. Like where has the kindness and love gone? That is all Jesus wanted us to do. Like if you like you can break apart everything in the Bible and you can take everything that Ashley has said today and say, "Oh, I'm throwing my Bible in the trash," whatever. But I do think the ending message that Jesus had, whether you believe the Bible is actually from God or not, is just to love one another and be kind. And I think that is a good thing for everyone to take in their life, no matter where they're at. Just like be kind. We all have to be on this earth together. Life is only so long. Why can't we fill it with love? There was that really funny moment in Good Omens where Jesus is is being crucified and and the the two the angel and the demon come up to each other and and uh, the demon is like what's going on here what do you do and he's like I oh, he just he just told him to be nice to each other <laughs> and the demon goes oh yeah that'll do it <laughs> that'll do it I actually have like a a major lesson that I I kind of gathered through all of this like through re- like my whole research okay. And I think that is simply that you can like still read, love, and preach the Bible as long as you actually read and understand the words and you're knowledgeable of its history and you use the book to fulfill God's purpose, not your own. Yes. And right now, there are a lot of people in the world who are breaking the third commandment, thou shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And I know that when we're children, we're taught that it means that we can't say things like God damn it or oh my God, but that's not what the commandment means. It literally means that you cannot make false claims to speak on God's behalf mm-hmm. and you are never to do something wicked and use God to justify it. Yeah. So for example, telling gay people that they are going to hell, you are literally breaking a commandment. You are using the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. So truth. When you go back to what which sign was it? Let's see. I think it was the third sign. Yeah, the iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. I think that atheists may be the ones causing the emptiness of the church pews, but Christians using the Bible for wickedness are the ones that are representing the love of believers running cold. Yeah. Yes. That is beautifully said. That is so true. Like, you can't put that on us, the atheists, because <laughs> we're not spreading yeah. spreading the virus, spitting the venom. No, you guys aren't spreading the hatred. Like, you're not allowing the church to grow, like, which is not, that should not be the goal of the world to have, like, this establishment grow. But you guys aren't spewing the hate. That is some... Certain Christians, I don't want to blanket it and say Christians because there are no, wonderful, no, there's really wonderful, there's wonderful believers out there, but there are some Christians who are spewing the hate much more than the atheists yeah, are. Yeah, so. and I, I use the the gay passages in this simply because I had an example, like in front of my eyes, of of how that has been just twisted. But yeah. there's there's a ton of things. There's things like you know, like Jesus Christ was a socialist. Yeah. So, like, all I've these, seen that. You know what I mean? Like, he was. He believed in those things. He believed in things like that everyone should have health insurance. Right. You know everyone what I mean? Everyone should have that equality. Like, that is absolutely what Jesus wanted. If you're really looking into those passages, that's what he's saying. Everyone and people is don't equal. believe that. It's harder for wealthy people to get into heaven because mm. if you are truly that absurdly wealthy, you can't be a good Christian. 
Yeah. You because should be you helping are not the poor giving, with your wealth. Yeah, that wealth away. You are not making things equal right. for people who have nothing. So yeah. all of these people who have these political beliefs and then also say that they are Christians, they are literally technically using the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> and that's a commandment, y'all. That's way more serious than some throwaway line in Leviticus. And that's not even mentioning that two lines later, the Bible says you can't cut your hair. Right. So. It's so true. It's a mess. It's such a mess. It makes me sad. This message has been brought to you. (laughs) By Sesame Street. By Sesame Street. They're doing things right lately. By Atheist Ashley. (laughs) She's a new character on Sesame Street. Not according to some. Some people are real pissed at Sesame Street. Why? Because of what they put out last week? Yep. Oh, gosh. Even though I thought it was one of the coolest things they've ever done. Well, they say that they're, you know, I think it was Tucker Carlson was like, see, kids, America's bad, according to Elmo. And it was like, can oh, you God. can you take a seat? Yeah, can you, can you sit down for five seconds? Eat some Tums. And soak your feet and just chill the fuck out. Have that man is insane. Tea. Maybe some CBD. Maybe Relax. some rose lozenges. Take I don't a know. rose lozenge. Nostradamus wants to help you. Just chill, dude. Yeah, my goodness. To attack Elmo? I can't. Anyway, so I thought it was great what Sesame Street did, but anyway, I thought that's so too. Um, yeah. So the there are no prophecies in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, like in conclusion. In conclusion, no, I, I found nothing. I absolutely think you went in the right way. Like it wasn't what you set out to do. I tried. You found that you found that none of these prophecies were legit at all, and that there's so much to break down and to debunk a little bit with the Bible. It's not saying that people shouldn't, you know, be good people and follow some of the lessons in the Bible, but you have to debunk the history a little bit. You have to in order to move forward and understand. I actually, Joe and I talk about this all the time. We're both atheists. We think the Bible is beautiful. And we think that the messages in the Bible are beautiful. We just think that a lot of people who use the Bible are ugly. Yes, that is 100% true and very sad. But the people who use it in the right ways, I fully support because I do think there's beautiful messages and it helps give you a little bit of structure on how you want to live. You know, if you're going out in the world and thinking like, how should I act in this situation? Like, do I need to act with love on this person? Or how should I react? If you can take a lesson you learned in the Bible and put that into your daily life and it helps you be kind to someone or show compassion to someone or be extra helpful to someone in need, then bada bing, bada boom, that is what the Bible is for. You've done it correctly and we love you for it. But unfortunately, there is so much hatred that comes from people reading the Bible that are taking every little bit out without taking the history into context, as you said, and it's, it sucks. It's bullshit. Well, it's almost as if they, like those people are living in Old Testament times because that shit was wild. Yes. And then the oh New gosh, Testament that was came violent in. violent and crazy. Yeah, the New Testament, literally, the whole point of the New Testament is that they were like, all right, remember all that? We're not doing that anymore. Like, that yeah. was... <laughs> we're not going to talk that about that nuts. anymore. <laughs> and you can still read about that it, but like... crazy. Phew, even God was like, here's the thing. I'm going to send my only begotten son down there. Uh, yep. 
to die for you guys because like I, I really I fucked things up. Out. Like that was yeah. that was crazy. I'm really sorry. Here's my gift yep. to you. Stuff got really nuts, but here's this awesome guy with great hair named Jesus, and great he hair. is going to turn your water into wine and throw a really good party. So just get ready. That's one of my favorite things that I do remember when I like uh, was going to church a couple of years ago pretty regularly, and I was involved in a Bible study. Uh, I was learning a lot about the Bible in this time because I truly didn't know anything. Even being raised Catholic, I just like... I always tuned out and I let it go over my head. But um, a couple of the times it was fun talking to young people about it because some of the girls would be like, you know, Jesus was just a big partier. Like that was all he wanted to do. Like, no, it doesn't say anywhere that he was like getting drunk, but he would show up to these parties and turn water into wine. And he encouraged people to mingle and have a good time and be with each other. And it was like, Hell yeah, Jesus was the party man. He also had like way cooler friends than anyone else. He was like, he I'm friends with the drug friends. addicts, the drunks, the prostitutes, the, you exactly. know what I mean? Like this he guy has cocaine, in. he's cool. He, yes, he took in those rowdy people. And he knew magic. He knew magic, you guys, which already makes him our favorite person. Like that's pretty great. He was cool. Anyway, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. (laughs) Oh, this was fun. As usual, thank you so much for joining us and listening to our show. If you like the show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. I don't know if you saw, we're five reviews away from hitting 200 reviews. Oh, shoot. And we've got five stars still. So that's pretty cool. Thanks, guys. If you want to donate to the Patreon, head to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. If you want to buy merch, head over to www.etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast. If you don't already, you should follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast is our handle. And that is for everything. Join our Facebook group to join in on discussions about each episode. And what is our sign off? We forgot to make one. Oh, shoot. Um, I want to party with Jesus. Ooh. That's all I had. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I thought I was going to keep going. I, I want to party with Jesus. He's going to turn my bath water into wine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I turned it so honky I don't either. Yeah, all right. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for this take. I love it. Thank you. Beautiful. And keep it weird. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Jesus would have been into rock and roll. I think so. I should have gone more rock than honky tonk. I think he would like Dr. Spaceman. They're they're a good time. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus would be in the back and he'd be like, stairway to heaven. (laughs) Stairway to heaven. Stairway. Um, He would definitely be headbanging to sweet child of mine. You know it. He's like, this song is about me. Yeah, I'm that sweet child, (laughs) y'all. I'm that sweet child.